Yes. All right. Father, thank you for this opportunity to read your word together, to speak your word together, to um, exhort one another, to encourage one another, to listen and to learn, to be fed, to be nourished by your word, to, to literally take, take the body of Christ into our bodies. We, we are literally, when we, when we read your word, Lord, we are taking communion and we're doing this in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, we are receiving him. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that proceeds from your mouth. Amen. And, uh, and this is the words from your mouth. So I ask you tonight, Lord God, to let these words live in us. Let them be living waters. Let them flow from us. Let them come out of us into the world and let us be lights. Open our eyes and our ears. Holy Spirit. Oh, man, you're awesome. Thank you, teacher. Thank you, teacher. Teach us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. You know, folks, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off everything up to the eight minute mark, so I'm not gonna say too too much about this, but you know that the most difficult thing that you will ever do is is to correct someone else in a wrong way of thinking with their faith. But to yeah. correct somebody that has a religious wrong idea. Right. That is extremely hard to do. And if you are not very careful, very careful to do it in love, it can it can easily go the wrong way and give you a completely wrong fruit. Certainly. Um, all right. Okay. So enough of that. Last night we read uh, chapter chapter. What chapter did we read last? Fourteen. Night? What? I think it was fourteen or was it fifteen? I'm pretty know. sure it was fifteen. It was, it was. It was fifteen. It was eighteen, and you all get demerits. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't have a Bible. <laughs> That's true. Dad doesn't get any demerits. He can't see. He's got to remember everything. So <laughs> you know. I, it is my own fault. Don't get me wrong. And the truth is, but I did definitely believe until Grandpa said something that we were further along than fifteen. But I second guessed myself, and it's my own fault. <laughs> That's right. I had no business doing that. Did so, I? No, sir. <laughs> I just heard an answer, and I thought I'd copy you because I didn't know the answer for there sure you myself. Go. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> You can't beat that one. He's copying on his test off somebody that had the wrong answer. His, he just I this, Grandpa's he been this studying this forever. Right. I would have thought he was the best person to cheat off of. <laughs> Look, if I was quoting a verse and saying what chapter was it in, Dad would have had that. You know? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so we're in chapter 18 and in verse 10. Chapter 18 yes. and in verse 10. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. I, I'm, I'm recapping verse 10. 
We were talking about the children last night. Right. And and I'm going to recap verse 10 because we need that we need to have our hearts and our minds in the right in the right frame here. We need we need to frame this. Okay. This is this is Jesus talking. He says, "Take take heed that you do not despise, or that you do not treat one of these little ones with contempt. That you that you don't look with scorn on a single one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. And and I, so so I want to let, let's put this in perspective." You know, when we watch these TV commercials about the starving children overseas, man, you, you, there's no way you can look at those pictures and not feel something. Right. Okay. We, we look at those commercials. We see those children. We feel something. We hurt. Okay. But, but what, about, what about when you see a child that's, that's acting up in the store? When you, when you see them acting up, they're acting out. Maybe, maybe they're breaking stuff. Maybe they're throwing a fit. Maybe they're kicking something. Okay? And, and, and we see that child doing that. Do we look at them with the same eyes that we look at the starving children overseas? Ouch. And, and, and when, we see, when we see a child, sometimes, sometimes children are in an awkward situation a bad situation they're getting corrected or they're scared and they laugh because they don't know another way to respond to it how do we react to that they're children you know that that children that's acting up or that child that laughs when he when he's hurting or when he's scared right that's that's their that's the only response that they can summon up as as a defense mechanism because those children might have something in them that is broken. Yeah, exactly. They might be going through something that we have no idea. Because believe me, as little children like that, they are far more innocent and likely to do good than we are. Yeah, I can see a grandmother coming in my store right now, screaming at the kids. That's when I get home, I'm going to tear you to pieces. That's right. That's right. Didn't change the attitude of that child one bit. Nope. And, 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 you know, here's the thing. You can threaten and beat and hurt children all you, all you want, and you will never produce anything. When you reinforce everything with negative and with hate, then you, all you're going to do is plant negative hate seeds in that child. Exactly. The only way that that child is going to turn, I beat the tar out of Aaron. I beat the tar out of that boy. Still love okay? you. But you know what changed him? The love. Yeah, exactly. Because I cried on him. I insisted I would not abandon him. I would not let him win. I told him all the time how much I loved him. That is what turned him around. All right. The beatings the did beatings nothing for him. <laughs> Broke my hand beating him. Well, that's good. <laughs> that good for you. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I didn't yeah, break it, it really... but I dislocated it or something. It got all swollen up. It was bad, you know? Uh, yeah. the, the boy, 
you know, but 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 what I'm what I'm saying is that I see people that go around, they yell and they scream and they they, they curse and they call children names and they don't know that everything that they're doing is they're putting seeds into these kids. That's exactly right. And and so the outcome, the harvest that's coming out of them is exactly what's been planted. And and that's what Jesus is warning us about. That if we are a stumbling block, if we have, if we go out there and look at these children like this, if we create that kind of harvest in their hearts, that he's going to hold us accountable. And, you know, every one of us have made this mistake. Every one of us have made this mistake. I'm not pointing at any, but I'm, I'm guilty. Look, all my kids know I'm guilty. Not in recent years. Now I'm the soft guy. Mom has to do most of the discipline. She has to really beat the tar out of me to make me do something. You know, I, I want to be the, I want to be the mercy dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> man, but that would have been nice. That's yeah, I want to be the mercy dad because I wore myself out on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I always want to be the mercy dad. My boys know the last thing, and you know, every child is different. Some of my children, like Jake, all I have to do is look at Jake a little bit angry, and boy, it cuts him deep. You can tell it affects him, you know? And then like Aaron, I can threaten him 25 times, and he's still going to push it to the limit, you know? Or he would back then. He's changed now. I'm just Thanks, saying. When, 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 he was, when he was young, there was, there was never, never a time when Aaron just heeded my warning and said, okay, well, I'm going to straighten up then, you know? He always pushed it to the limit. Every single time. There was never a single warning he did. You know? And Raiden was, Raiden was, for a while there, was following right behind Aaron, hard on his heels. Okay? Uh, but Raiden has, Raiden has come around. Raiden is coming around. Praise God. Um. I just need my son, John, to come around. So, so here we are, folks. Next time you're somewhere in public and you're looking at other people's children and you're judging them in your heart, remember, there may be things going on in that house that you have no idea about. Yeah. No idea. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Amen. Yeah, he is. And he says, what do you think? Or tell me this. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety and the nine and go into the mountains and seek that which has gone astray? You know, it's hard for us to understand that. Okay, in, in our day and age, it's it's hard for us to to picture that scenario because you know back then that was not just an asset that was a that was a friend that was might have been a pet of the family the sheep especially if it was a little one um was was an in a a part of the family you know sometimes the small sheep the little ones they were actually brought into the house at night they slept in the house with the family you know so, so we'll put it this way. If you have three dogs, you love them all. 
you love them to death. They're your family members. Each one of them have unique characteristics, all of that. And one of your dogs runs away. Will you not leave the other dogs where they are and take off and run after the one that runs away? Yep. To find them? Yes, you will. You will. And, and if you have five $20 bills in your pocket and you drop one and the wind blows it away, will you be satisfied and say, well, I have four more in my pocket. You know, God's will be done. Are you going <laughs> to run? <laughs> you're going <laughs> to. It's a hard lesson learned. Yeah. You're going to run your guts out to find the other 20 bucks to get it and track it down. And when you get it, you're going to be all happy about it. You know, but you're not going to be joyful, nearly as joyful and grateful for the four that were already in your pocket. You'll pick up that one that blew away and you'll be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woohoo! You know, and never thank God once for the four that are still in your pocket. Yeah, and that comes to family, too. Yes, it does. I didn't want to go there, but yeah. It absolutely goes comes to family. Breaks my heart that my two boys just don't seem to care, you know. Well, one one of them does, but he doesn't. He just doesn't have time to express it. And the reason being is God has a call on his life since he's about sixteen or seventeen. He's sixty-two now, and. Uh, mm, Never did follow the calling. Yes. Well, I think I came within minutes of of losing my opportunity to follow that calling too. Yep. I I, I really believe that that I came within minutes, minutes of changing the entire trajectory of my life and closing yep. the door on options. Yep. So who am I to judge? For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How thank ye if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety-nine and go into the mountains and seek that which has gone astray? And if so, he that finds it verily, I say unto you, he rejoices more about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine who didn't run away. That's right. Even so, it's not the will of your Father. Even so... It is not the will of your father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. So listen to me. Listen to me, family. When you see one of these little children get sick, you see one of these little children that's ill. You see these children that are afflicted and, and somebody wants to tell you that it's the will of God. Yeah. That it's the will of God that that child should go through that. that there's the word right there. Even so, right out of Jesus' mouth. Nobody else said it. No other, no, no other apostle said this words. This is Jesus. Even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that even one of these little ones should perish. Is it God's will that we should abort children? That's right. 70 million in America. That's the fourth, fourth of our population. 
70 million. 70 million people. You know, listen, I heard a prophet talk about Trump. And he was talking to God about Trump. He was having a conversation. He was he was in the court of heaven. He was talking to God about Trump and Trump. And, and, and when he was asking God, well, what happened about Trump? And, and, and God said, well, Trump was not my first choice for this time, for one. this time in this place. But the one who I chose, the one, the one who I had selected, the one who was going to be perfect for this time in this place, the one that, that was going to have my hand on him and do all of these things for the body of Christ, that one was aborted. Yep, I, I heard that. That one was aborted. And so Trump was my second choice. Yep. Henderson. That was. That was him. Yeah, I was trying to remember where I heard it from. Yep. He had but, he had four dreams. God gave him four but dreams. But when I heard it, it struck me and I said, you know what? That's a true word right there. It is. That's a true word. It is. <clears throat> Verse 15. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So if you have a problem Amen. with somebody, you go and tell him in private. You go and tell them in private what they're doing wrong. And listen, man, it's hard sometimes to confront somebody privately. I have a very, very hard time of doing that. It's really, really hard. But, uh, you know, if everything in your flesh rebels against it, that's a pretty sure sign that it's of God. Because your flesh is yeah. the enemy of God. So, so if it makes our skin crawl to think about that personal confrontation, then, then, then it's a pretty sure thing that it's of God. And, and let me, I don't know, did I share with you guys from Leviticus chapter 5, verse 1 the other night? I, you know my personal Bible studies in Leviticus. And I read something. You were, go ahead, Aaron. I think you I think you bro briefly just told us about like the reasonings and curses and the consequences of when you do certain things. And there's um, a way that you can get out of the consequences or that God will forgive yeah. you and you can make better with it again. But I don't think that you directly spoke about um, anything certain. Okay. All right. So, so, you know, here's God's law. In, in, in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 1, God says that if you know about a crime, if you know about iniquity, if you know about a sin, even if you just hear about it, and you, you do not stand up as a witness, then you are actually guilty of that sin. Now, now let's get this clear in our heads here. You're not just guilty of staying quiet and covering it up. You're actually guilty of the crime that they did. So if your buddy is cheating on his wife, 
and you know about it. And his wife asks you. And you don't say anything. Then not only are you guilty. Even if you don't lie. You just stay silent. Not only are you guilty of covering up a sin. You're guilty of adultery. And because you're guilty of adultery. Then Satan has a legal right to act the consequences of adultery upon you. Mm. So, so a lot of people, when they have some type of affliction in their life, they might, somebody might say, you know, somebody might get a word for them and say, well, have you ever committed adultery? And you're like, no, heck no, I never committed adultery. I've never done that. Well, I don't know. I'm getting the word adultery, you know? And, and so a person rebels against that and they will not repent for the adultery and therefore, Satan continues his legal right to assault them over that adultery. Interesting. Okay? Be- because Satan has that legal right to, to inflict the consequence upon them because they have refused to repent for the sin, the iniquity, which they have then taken upon themselves. Now, of course, we're covered under the blood of Jesus, right? But if you will not repent for your sin, then you can't be forgiven of it. So it's like an accessory to the crime or accessory to the you are an accessory to the crime. That's exactly what it is. I told you our legal system. That's very good. Exactly. Our legal system is based on the Bible. Our legal system is based on God's word. So just like if you're with a guy and that guy kills somebody and you don't run straight to the police and tell him you're guilty of murder, too. Accessory to murder carries the same sentence as first degree murder. So, so a first-degree murder is 25 years to life. Accessory to that murder is 25 years to life. Mm. The same consequence. That is straight from the Bible. That is straight from God's law. Very good example. Yep, I remember that law. Yes. I had, I had kind of forgotten about it until you mentioned it just now. It's absolutely true. If you're an accessory to the crime, you are guilty of the crime. Yeah. I'm going to re-preach that. That's good, Aaron. (laughs) Spirit of wisdom. It wasn't me. There you go. But if if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, we just talked about this. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing shall be established, right? That's why Jesus took three with him. Whenever he went yes. to do something and he, and he said, don't tell anybody because they were witnesses. They were the witnesses and there had to be three of them to make a thing established. All right. And this and this word that's used here, he says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That word is actually a rhema word. OK, yeah. in the mouth of two or three witnesses is a power word, a word of God, an oracle of God word, a word that has power to bring life. A word that is part of the circle of time, a word that affects the, the, the world around it. Okay? So not only are they a witness, but their witness has the power of God in it, within it. Okay. When they crucified Christ, 
they had many, many people coming and saying different things, but nobody could ever agree on anything. That's right. So they got two scoundrels, they said, and that was how he was. They had they had their two witnesses mm-hmm. that that uh, were told exactly what to say. That's right. So yeah, because I don't think that Jesus ever just went somewhere by himself and healed somebody, just one and another person, did they? Yes, he did. He always. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's not the same thing. No, it's not. These okay. were these were moments that required witness for the testimony of Christ. The healing, um, you know, even John says that if we documented all of the healings that Jesus did and all of the casting out of demons he did, the books would fill the whole world. That's right. So Jesus did so many healings and cast out so many demons. He said it's impossible for us to write them all down. But what we we can't we can't even imagine. We can't even imagine it. But he says he says, look. We wrote down these things because these were the testimonies. These were the like the big things that that Holy Spirit wanted us to to know about. There is information in there that the future generations of Christians, the followers of Christ, we we could use that information to find what we needed. The word of God. I, I keep going back to this, but I I love it. The word of God tells us that in our very DNA. God gave us the ability to know the truth just in he yep. sowed the truth into our DNA so that when we are groping about in the dark, that's what it says. It says we're groping about in the dark, that as we grope about in the dark, that we can find our way to him. We can find our way to him with the truth, with the nuggets of the truth. If we follow the truth, if we seek the truth, if we really are looking for him, we'll find him. Yes. I tell you, the 18th chapter is a fantastic chapter because that, that is one chapter about the, going to the brother. Yes. It's the strongest thing in the world. It is. That we fail miserably. I have failed in it time after time. So, so now we're, we're talking to the brother. So first we talked to the brother or the sister face-to-face in yes. private. Then we brought a witness. Right. And if they still didn't listen to the witness, right, then what do we do? It, it says in verse 17, it says, And if they shall still neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. Take it to the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be unto you as a heathen man and a publican. In other words, if he if he cast still hardens out. his heart against the church, cast him out. Yep, that's right. Cast him out. But you, but you follow three steps. Yes, you follow three steps, which is part of 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 some things that I've been going through. I had to yep. confront somebody privately, and then I had to, and then I I I brought it out. In the forum. Yeah. Um, Verily I say unto you, whoever you shall, who whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now he says that right after he says, if somebody still won't receive the truth, cast them out. Yeah. Okay. 
So he says, again, I say to you. Now, he says this part about whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And then he says, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Now, he says, again, I tell if any of you two on earth symphonize your praying concerning anything for which you've asked. Now, he says, but Jesus uses a word touching. The word touching is means getting hold of. So if we're praying for something now, you guys remember that I've 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 told you before that. There are different realms here. There's a spiritual realm. There's a heavenly realm. And this is the earthly realm that we're in, this natural realm. Okay. But as spiritual beings, and because we can walk boldly into the throne room of God, we are able to reach through to the heavenlies. Yeah. And we are able to get hold of things in the heavenlies. We're able to get hold of something that is God's will. Look, here's, and let me, let me, let me put this in perspective. Okay. If you come into the courtroom of heaven, this is a, a concept that I've recently been just blown away with. I love this concept of the courtroom of heaven. It's absolutely true. Absolutely it true. Is. Okay. It is. So you come into the courtroom of heaven and you come before the Father and you say, Father, by your word right here in this verse right here, I have a right to this. And I'm asking you, I'm putting you in remembrance of your word. I'm asking you to, to, to ordain that this, this, it comes true. This is, this is reality that you manifest this, this reality in my life. Okay. You know what the judge does? If you're in front of the judge, if you're in front of the judge and you're presenting your case about a tow truck driver. Okay. <laughs> and, and you come in there and you say, look, here's the situation. This is the facts. This is what it is. And the judge says, well, what do you want? And you said, well, look, I feel like I am entitled to what it cost me. I'm not asking for any more than what it cost me, but here's what it cost me. Here's the actual money it cost me. Here's the filing fees that it cost me. Here's the time that this has cost me. And, and on top of that, I feel like they, they did other things that could have compounded the situation, but I'm only asking for real compensation. Okay. And you know what the judge says? The judge, so, so the judge looks at you and he says, okay, that sounds fair to me. So what does he do? He issues a judgment, right? Now, if the judge just says, yeah, okay, I order it. And he doesn't do anything. How are you going to get that done? Yeah. You're not. The judge needs to issue an order. And what does he do? He puts it down on a piece of paper, right? He puts it right. down on a piece of paper and he says, okay, I hereby, with the authority that I have, I hereby order that they pay you this amount of money. Okay? Right. And then you take that piece of paper in your hand. And once you have that piece of paper in your hand, you have a court order. And that now, now you've got something. Right? So here's what I want to say that what this word of God is telling us, what this verse, what Jesus is telling us, what Jesus, the word of God is telling you is he's saying, listen, I've told you before that if two or more of you are in agreement over something, 
that, that it's gr- going to be granted to you. But here's what I'm saying. Uh, again, I'm going to tell you this. Here's what I'm going to let me make this clear to you that if two or more of you come into the courtroom, you both put your hands on the order. You both get hold of the order and you hold on to it. The two of you together hold on to that order. Satan's not going to take it away from you. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. You get in there and you both get your hands on that paper. Satan ain't going to get it away. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want you to be of one accord. I want you to agree on this thing. I want you to come in and present this case together. I want you to act as one, like the body of Christ. I want you to be in unity. I want you to love each other. I want you to care for each other. But most of all, I want you to plead in court together. Yeah, right. I have a question. When you cast out this person that refuses to hear the church, are you doing this as two or more people? And if you do this as two or more people, do you also kick him out of heaven? Because whatever you bind on earth, you bind in heaven and whatever you loose on earth, you loose in heaven. That's a good question because Paul also mentions a couple of people that he turned over their souls to Satan. Yep. The man that uh, committed adultery with his father's wife. Yep. And there was a couple other guys, um, some, some uh, artisans that were yeah. uh, goldsmith, not goldsmith, coppersmiths. Right. That he turned yeah. over their souls to Satan. And one of, okay. them, one of them said, please don't, please don't. I'll, I'll make it. Yes. Right. So <laughs> pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So, so here's the thing. Out of, three witnesses will establish a thing on earth and three witnesses will establish a thing in heaven, right? Right. So right. when you come to him one-on-one, can you cast him out of the church? No. No, no. When you bring, to, when you bring two more people with you and there's three of you and you confront him, there's your three witnesses on earth. Right. Right now you bring him to the church. And what is the church? The church is the body of Christ, the representative of heaven on earth. And you bring him to the church. And if he still doesn't accept it and the church together makes makes the decision he's out, then what the church has decided. I, I think it stands. Yeah. That's a hard thing. And I and I honestly only know of one church that's done that, that confronted a parishioner in front of the whole church after they'd gone to him privately and tried to confront him about what they were doing and then went with witnesses and tried to confront him about what they were doing. And then on a Sunday in front of the whole church confronted them about what they were doing. Um, And that is uh, that is pretty amazing that a, that a church yeah. would do that. Pretty. Yeah. Most of it that's done in today's world is done in, in anger and meanness. Yes. In anger and meanness, not in love. Just a, 
I, I have a second follow-up question to that. Yeah. If you're the person that got kicked out of the church, is there any way you can seek redemption for that? I believe that the fellow that uh, committed sin with his father's wife repented. He did repent. And, and he then, fixed the situation. Was that before or after he after got, he kicked, got out? kicked out? After. After. Yeah. Okay. He repented. He left the bad situation. He changed his life. And and then the church heard about the fact that he had repented and he was grieving. He was cut off from the church, but he had repented. And and so because he had repented, because he had tried to get his life right, they brought him back in. They forgave him and brought him back in. But Paul had to scold them to do it. Yes. Yes. He said the man has repented. You take him back. Yes. Yep. And they and they they were grieving over it. Yeah, they were. So, all right, let's say our prayers. That's a good study. That's a good study. It's a very good study. Okay, Father. Family. You want me to do it, or you? No, no, you're you're doing it, Dad. Okay, uh, I want to say one thing before I do. I just listened to Francis Chan this evening. Mm-hmm. And I sent to you and Aaron both. Yeah. And there's yes. two more follow-ups after it. Just just punch on the right arrow. Uh-huh. Fabulous. Exactly what you were teaching on when we first started some of this. Yeah. About not being saved and thinking you're saved. Yeah. And there is a whole lot of Christians that will end oh, up in hell. Oh, my gosh. I, because they, because I, we, we read the Word of God. We're talking about the Word of God. And they're just sitting back. They're not engaged. They're, they're like okay, and they're kind of skimming the t the surface. And they're right. And, right. But 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 they're not allowing the word of God to get a bite to hit mm -hmm. and make the sparks fly. They're not feeling no. convicted. They're not commit. They're not committed. Yes. Father, yeah. we come tonight because the word of God explicitly says, unless you. Repent of your sins. Take up your cross and follow me that you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And Father, I know as the rich young ruler came to Christ, he did all the things in the Old Testament, but he couldn't give up himself because he clung to what he owned. Father, let us not do that. Let us be faithful in what you have given us. And Lord, our Father God, in the name of Jesus, may we truly repent for even for this nation, Lord, right now. Because you will destroy this nation if we don't repent as your children. And Lord, you don't call for the sinners to repent. You call for Christians to repent. So, Father, we come tonight asking you, Lord, to forgive us for our slackness. Forgive us, Lord, the many who don't even go vote. Forgive us, Lord, for not listening to you and allowing you to direct our, our, our voting, Father. And, Lord, many, many other sins, the sins of the killing of 70 million children, Father. It's horrible. 
It's horrible. We get upset because six million Jews were killed by Germany. We don't think about the 70 million that we have aborted. Father, we come tonight repenting for that. And we're praying, Lord, for this next election that we'll get some more on the Supreme Court and get Roe versus Wade reversed. I pray for that, Father. I seek that in my heart. And I'm asking your blessings over it. I pray, God, for upheaval in the Congress. And in addition to the Senate that we can take back, Lord, and obey you in following in obedience. Lord, I pray for our family tonight. God, I ask your rich blessings over Jacob and Raiden, Father, as they learn and walk in with you. I lift up Sky and Maria, Father. I pray, God, that you will just lay manifold blessings over them, over their love for each other, over the guidance of your Holy Spirit, Lord, in their lives. I lift up to you, Lord Tannis. I ask God your blessings over this young man. God, bring to remembrance the things that he has seen. Bring to remembrance. I lift up Aaron and Elise to you and ask God your rich blessings over them and their walk with you. I pray, God, you give him wisdom in every decision they make. And Father, I also pray for provision that you will provide abundantly out of the obedience, Lord, that he walks with you. I pray for John. I pray, God, for the loosening of the hold that has been put upon him by Satan. I ask God that you fill him with your presence and your love and your grace. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your grace because it is sufficient. I pray for all of our children, Lord, tonight. Father, and I thank you that you've given me the memory where I can name them one by one and pray for them. What an awesome thing that you've put in my mind, Father, to do that. Because I care for every child, every grandchild, every great-grandchild. And Lord, we're gracious to you, grateful to you, Father. And Lord, I, I pray that you bless my wife. Bless, Lord, the Mary Kay, Lord, that she's working in. And that's what she's doing tonight. And I just ask God your blessings over her, over the future, Lord, because I won't be here all the time. And she needs income, Father. So, Lord, we're asking God that you will bless that. And we just give you praise, Father. I pray for your direction in all of our lives. And, Father, everything that we do and everything we put our hands to, we bring you glory and honor and praise. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 God bless you. All right. Good night, guys. Love you. Good night, family. Love you.